Hello everyone, welcome back again to the Battle Cry podcast with your host, Bruce Winters. I hope and trust that everyone is having a great day. I am just in here in my office, just studying, uh, reading my Bible, and uh, doing my devotion, um, working on sermon notes, working on podcast notes, you name it, I'm doing it. <laughs> so I'm going to share something with you just for the next few minutes. Um, still trying to get the sound right on the podcast. Um, I'm by myself right now, so I don't have anybody helping me. Um, so it's a little slower process just by me doing it by myself. But everything's going to be okay. Um, this is a learning curve and a learning experience for all of us. Um, and if you don't like the way it sounds, if you don't like what I'm teaching, then you don't have to listen. But if you are not sure that you are a Christian or you're doubting your salvation or maybe you have never been saved, I encourage you to listen today because this is what we're going to be talking about. Jesus Christ came to give his life a ransom for our sins. A ransom is a price paid for redeeming something or someone. It is an atonement. In this case, Jesus' blood satisfied the just demands made by a holy God. Because Christ was sinless, his death has the power to make us righteous. Isn't that something else? His death has the power to make us righteous. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 said, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Notice, this verse says that there is only one mediator between God and men. A mediator is one who restores peace between the two people. The other one mediator is Jesus Christ. There are not several possible mediators. Jesus Christ is the only one because only he is God. He is the only possible intercessor between the Father and men. He came to save us from our sins. Receiving the Savior. That's what I want to talk about in the next few minutes. Receiving the Savior. John 3 verse 18 and 36 and in Romans 3 verse 10 talks about this. And Romans 6.23 talks about this as well. God's penalty is clear. Because we are born sinners, we are already condemned and under God's judgment. If we refuse the Son of God, we remain under that same condemnation and judgment God will not excuse any sin. He won't excuse us. He will forgive us. But he will not excuse us. Revelations chapter 20 verse 15 talks about the lake of fire. The lake of fire is God's punishment for sinners. Jesus taught more about hell than heaven because of the danger of going there. As a sinner, you are headed straight for hell now. Now, I can remember, you know, 
burning leaves and limbs in the yard and and uh, I've got a little burn pile in the backyard where I can burn sticks and and pine straw and limbs and and grass clippings it doesn't matter you know I'll burn anything like that sometimes it gets so hot I keep having to back up and I wish so much sometimes that I had a pool that I could just go jump in and just cool off just for a minute. Can you imagine being thrown into a lake of fire? A lake of fire and having to spend eternity in that lake of fire. You don't get to eventually die and not suffer any pain anymore. You stay alive. You stay awake. You feel the constant hurt, the constant flame, the constant heat, your skin melting, your hair burning, the smell of the hair burning. Can you imagine how that sounds, how that looks, seeing other people in the lake of fire with you. Is that really where you want to spend eternity? Or would you like to spend eternity in heaven? Titus chapter 3 verse 5 and Isaiah 64 verse 6 talks about your religious works, offerings, church attendance, baptism, or any other good deeds cannot change your sinful condition before God. No church or religion can remove your sin. Only Jesus Christ can save you. Salvation is the gift of God. Are you understanding that? Salvation is the gift of God. What happens once you have received Christ? God becomes your father. You become his child. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2 tells us, Beloved, now are we sons of God, and it doth not yet appear when we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Since we are family, God deals with us as sons, not as sinners. You can do nothing to break this relationship. God will not disown his children. Sometimes your fellowship may be strained, but the relationship remains the same. Our Father will never do anything to hurt us purposefully. We will be protected, we will be cared for, and we will be corrected and taught when we do wrong. Studying the Bible now that I have received Christ. Once you have received Christ, it is a good thing to get you a good King James Bible and start reading it daily. That is how you become closer to Jesus Christ is by reading his word Obviously, praying to him every day will draw you closer to Christ, too. But studying Jesus' word, God's word, the Bible, will help you become stronger Christians every day. Effective Bible study depends on correct heart attitude.
if you feel like you're having to do it just because your Sunday school teacher or your pastor is telling you to, um, that's not the right attitude. Just think about this. Again, how I talked about the lake of fire a few minutes ago. This is the person that has saved you from the lake of fire. Don't you think the least you can do in return and to be thankful is to read God's word and to pray to him and thank him every day? The individual's words of scripture are the keys to correct understanding. Understanding the Bible is not of any private interpretation. The Bible must be understood by the normal and literal meaning of the words in the context in which you read them. The Bible must be understood in the light of God's consistency. Suspected contradictor contradictions can be answered. So never violate a clear passage with one that is more obscure. Never base a major doctrine on a rhetorical question, parable, or hypothetical statement. Never base a major doctrine on just one verse of Scripture. Realize that understanding the Bible is a process of growth and time, but Holy Spirit is a great teacher. What you do with the Bible determines to a great extent what God will do with you. I'm so excited to be able to read God's Word and share its meaning with you today. And I hope you get something out of these scriptures that were read and some of the definitions that I gave from the scriptures. We have to do our part. We, as human beings, have to lay down our life at the foot of the cross. Jesus shed his blood for us so we would not have to die and go to hell. But we must ask him to forgive us of our sins. We need to lay our sins at the foot of the cross and let his blood run across all of our sins and cover us and forgive us of our sins. That's why Jesus died on the cross. He wanted his blood to be shed to cover our sins. How can you not love someone that loves you that much? I hope you understand that. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For the wages of sin is death. But all we have to do is ask Him to forgive us of our sins and to come into our heart and we never have to worry about going into that lake of fire again because God has promised to protect us to love us to save us isn't that a blessing this morning when I woke up or got woke up and I actually looked around the room, looked at the time, 
took my morning medicine, drank some water. First thing I did was start thanking God for another day of life. I view daily life much different now. Um, I'll just be honest with you as most people probably would be the same way we do thank God for another day of life but we just take it for granted and, and we take it for granted because we know we're going to wake up tomorrow we know we're going to wake up next week that's why we plan vacations. That's why we plan trips. Um, because we just know that we're going to be around. So we book vacations. We book hotels. We're not promised tomorrow. Nobody told me that I guarantee you you're going to be here tomorrow. I hope I am. I pray that I am. And trust me, I believe if I am here tomorrow, one of the first things that I'm going to do when I wake up is thank God for another day of life. That's something we all need to take into consideration nowadays. We don't get life for free. We don't get to enjoy life for free. We have to work at it. We have to work at our salvation. I'm not saying to work for salvation. You don't have to work for your salvation. I'm saying work at your salvation by studying God's word by building a greater relationship with Jesus Christ how much better could a best friend be than Jesus Christ himself how would you enjoy the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart letting you know that he's hearing your prayers That he loves you. It's amazing what God can do to a child of the King. But I want you to be for sure today that you are a child of the King. John 3.16 is a good verse to memorize. A good verse to learn as a new child of God let's pray our Heavenly Father we thank you for this day thank you Lord for allowing me the opportunity and the health and the well-being enough to sit and do this podcast for almost 20 minutes now don't know how it's going to turn out but man just talking about you right here with my Bible in front of me and it's just me and you in my office right now. This has been such a blessing. And Lord, I just pray that as we get our broadcast associates in here and as we get our guests in here, as we expand our podcast each and every week, Lord, I just pray that you'd help the number of people to grow each week in listening to this podcast. Lord, I just want this to be something that will be good for everyone, especially someone that needs salvation. Lord, we thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for Hillcrest Baptist Church. I thank you for my pastor, Mike Maxwell. Lord, I pray that you would bless him as he finalizes and prepares for the messages tomorrow that he'll be bringing in Sunday services. 
Bless him, God. Bless his family. Lord, bless our services tomorrow. Bless our worship team. Lord, bless our time of invitation tomorrow. Lord, I pray that if there's one at church tomorrow that's lost, Lord, convict them of their sins. And Lord, help us to be able to point them to Christ at the altar, Lord. We love you and we thank you for all you do. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you all very much for listening to Battle Cry. And we look forward to starting again next week. God bless you all. Bye-bye. Good evening. Welcome to Battle Cry. This is Bruce Winters, your host today. And uh, I am feeling some better now. So I am able to do a broadcast today. I wasn't able to yesterday. And uh, good Lord's will, if nothing doesn't happen tomorrow, I will be in... Uh, our guest will be uh, Caleb. And he is a missionary and a young missionary. He's got a very good heart for the missionary that he is with. Um, and we can't wait to talk about it tomorrow. But we're going to wait till tomorrow to, in, uh, to interview him and to hear about all about his mission work. Um, he works out of our church. Um, his office is actually behind our church in one of our buildings behind our church. So he is on the property all the time working during the week, during the week, uh, preparing for his weekends. Um, but, so we get to see him here all the time, and he's such a blessing. Um, he's such a blessing to our students, and uh, he's such a blessing to our youth pastor and our children's pastor as well so he's a great asset to have here at our church and we just love him and appreciate him but today I want to talk about getting into God's word today um, I, I really want to discuss a, a couple of serious things and I guess possibly if, if I had to give this a title or anything how can we have hope when everything looks hopeless that's a pretty good title how can we have hope when everything looks hopeless in Romans chapter 5 verses 3 through 5 it says and not only so but we glorify in tribulations, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. I love that, don't you? Paul was telling us this. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and that character produces hope, and hope does not Put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given us or given to us. So how can we have hope when everything looks hopeless? In the midst of suffering, we can rejoice because these challenges caused us to, number one, rely on God's presence. Did you hear me? 
How can we rejoice because these challenges are cause, causing us to rely on God's presence? Of course. That's the secret in the mix, in the recipe. That's the missing ingredient. It's always been Jesus. If you can't get anything done without Christ, how can you get anything done? Rely on God's presence. Rejoice in suffering does not mean celebrating when bad news comes, but it does mean that we can believe that God is doing a redemptive work. This would redemptive this word redemptive means that God does not waste a hurt or disappointment. He is using them to shape and build us into the image of Jesus Christ, which is his highest passion. Isn't that amazing? God is using all of these things to build us, to shape us, to frame us into the way that Jesus Christ was made. When we go through suffering, we often pray and seek God more intensely that our other than our other times my greatest times of growing have been when I've received the end of my resources and all I have left is Jesus God used suffering to make us rely on his presence Man, don't you, don't you know how you've been on those vacation trips and, and you planned it, you've done it so many years and, you know, you've driven the same car, you've driven the same route, you've done the same test over and over again and you know how much fuel you exactly need to get from point A to point B. You know that you've got to stop at gas station exit so-and-so and gas exit so-and-so and if as long as you get to make those two stops, you're going to be... To your destination before you know it. You are relying on exit so-and-so and exit so-and-so though. What happens if one of those exits are messed up? What if one was taken away? Not going to quite make your destination, are you? You're going to have to find a new way, a new route. And it may take longer now. But you know what? You got your family with you. You got Jesus on your side. Maybe it's going to take a couple more hours than you thought so. But you got your family, okay? You're blessed. You're on, you're on time off. You're on vacation. So just enjoy it. That's what God's saying right here. You know... You plan on doing this, you may be planning on doing that. This may not be what exactly I had planned for you. But I've got this and this ready for you when you're ready for me. Man, I'd be like a kid in a candy store. I'd be sitting Indian style, sitting in front of Jesus' feet, going, Okay, I'm ready, Lord, what's next? <laughs> Uh, I know it may be childish, but, you know, seriously, there is no telling what God has planned for each and every one of us Christians. How many times have we asked for it? What do you, what do you mean, Brother Bruce? What have you asked for what? What, what are they talking about in the Bible here? 
relying on God's presence. When we go through suffering, we often pray and we seek God more intensively that at other times, my greatest times of growth have been when I've reached the end of my resources and all of my left, all I have left is Jesus. God uses suffering to make us rely on his presence. Now let's look at uh, Psalms chapter 23, verse 4. Psalms chapter 23, in verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. David writes that he does not fear because God is with him. He relies on God's presence. God told him that he was going to be there, so he relied on him. And it brings him strength and comfort. Remember that for there to be a shadow, there has to be a light. I don't know what your valley of the shadow of death is. But I do know who the light is that is walking with you in that valley. In other Psalms, David reveals that one of the reasons for him, for his joy, is that he is forgiven. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. We can't determine God's love for us based on good or bad circumstances. We determine His love based on the cross and what He did for us on that cross. Number one, we rely on God's presence. Number two, we rely on God's provision. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh the message of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure Paul reveals that he has had suffering from a thorn in the flesh. God was so concerned about Paul not becoming proud, he allowed this to happen to him to prevent him from becoming conceited. In our curse, in our current situation, God is saying to us that His great, that His grace is sufficient. And even when we feel weak, He is making us strong. That when we have ever 
he is making us stronger than we have ever been. His grace is not an abstraction. It's not just an idea. It is the person of Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, the hell you are going through may be the very circumstance God uses to take you to the whole new level. Number three, rely on God's power. Amen. Now I tell you what, I'm looking more to that every single day in my personal life. Rely on God's power. Therefore, I will boast all of the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9 listen to this and he said unto me my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of the Christ may rest upon me and that's what my prayer is today oh my goodness talking about holy goosebumps <laughs> knowing that I have Christ's power just laying on me right now. Just like a blanket. I know when I go for uh, my treatments each month, get my fluid treatments, and they send us into this big rectangular room and there's recliner, 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 recliner. There's... I think there's like 50 or 60 recliners in there. And uh, each one of them have been wiped down and all the yellow ones that has a yellow sticker is cleaned and safe to use. And so, you know, they send us in there and they tell us we can pick whatever chair we would like, you know. And I've always picked up, I've pretty much got the same chair every, every time I've been in there so far. And, um, and have the same group of nurses and we've, we've all gotten along with each other and um, they know I'm a Christian and I know of two of them that are a Christian and I know that one is not um, but they always ask me you know they, the first time they asked me what my job was what I did for a living I told them I was a worship pastor oh my goodness we got a worship pastor with us we worship this morning and uh, before I knew it I was singing Waymaker Miracle Worker Promise Keeper Light in the Darkness that is who you are and to I don't even know what made me remember this now because I didn't even remember to tell my wife and it was so enjoyable and it was so unique um, the nurses come running around the corner and some of the patients that were in chairs around the corner that couldn't see or hear anything they got up and they come around and we sang that entire song and um, I asked everyone when we got through singing I said y'all sound like a beautiful choir I said do you mind if I pray with my beautiful choir this morning? Um, I said, I, I'm, not, I'm not at church getting to pray with my choir, so would you mind letting me pray with this choir this morning? And uh, they allowed me to pray. What a blessing. 
getting to pray to probably 75, 80 people that I had never prayed to before, that I had never prayed with, never talked to before. And they got to worship with me, and I got to worship with them. And got to sing a wonderful song, and got to see people worship in a hospital room. Some of them already had IVs in their arms and is raising their arms and holding on to their IV columns so they could hold up their other hand praising the Lord. Some of us don't know what we got till we've got till it's gone. I guarantee you. If I was able to go to church this Sunday, and if I was able to sit in the audience and sing worship songs with my congregation, somehow or another I would try my best to figure out how to raise my hands and praise Him. That's what it's all about. We need to be thanking Him and praising Him for everything that he has done. And trust me, every morning when I wake up, I am praising him. And I am thanking him. Because I've got another day of life. I've got another day with my wife. I've got another day with my beautiful kids, Anna and Brady. And I've got another opportunity to go to work at my wonderful church. And I've got another opportunity to talk on the the Battle Cry uh, podcast. Man, I've got so much to live for. So much to fight for. And that's why I'm never going to give up. You shouldn't either. Not as a child of God. If you have Christ in your heart, you don't need to be giving up yet. He's still got something for you to do. Maybe you're, maybe you hear voices telling you to just quit, to give up, and let it go. Let me tell you something. Don't you stop. When you are weak, then He is strong. Did you hear me? He's already in your heart. So if you're weak, trust me, He will make you strong. Remember, the greatest, the greater the attack against you, the greater Christ is in you. But you have to rely on His presence, His provision, and His power. Could you imagine if a lieutenant in the army and was sending out a group of 30 guys and they were going to go try to sneak up behind the enemy. They found out one of their hiding spaces. And this lieutenant has got these men behind him. And they said, okay, just follow me. I'll give you a signal and let you know when we found the place. And so they followed the lieutenant. And the lieutenant finally found the place. And he put his hand up and raised his hand and waved, waved, waved. According to what the lieutenant said, he was meaning by waving my hand, stop. And then I was pointing ahead. But he didn't hear any remarks. In fact, he didn't hear any noise. He turned around and looked. There was not a single person behind him. Now, had he completely relied on them and had he not followed protocol and double-checked before he tried to do anything else, he was going to look behind him to talk to one of the commanders 
and say, okay, this is what we're going to do next. There was nobody there. He had no backup. He had nobody. That whole crew had abandoned him. But you know what? Jesus Christ will never abandon you. That has been such a relief in my heart when I got the news that I had brain cancer. I knew I had Jesus in my heart. And I knew somehow or another by God's grace and it will be by God's grace that I live. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. By grace was I saved through faith. And I'm praying that God's grace is going to cover my body and heal it one day. It may not be in his future for me, but it may be, and I hope and pray that it is, because I feel like I've got some, I've got some good messages. I feel like I've got much to tell about Jesus. And that's all I want to do. You know, that's that's what I want this podcast to be all about. I want us to talk about Jesus. What he's done. What he's doing for us. What he's doing for our ministries. So, today my, my title was, you know, How Can We Hope When Everything Looks Hopeless? My simple answer is, there will always be hope as long as you have Christ in your heart. Amen? Isn't that a good feeling? To know that we have Christ in our hearts always. No matter how bad we feel, no bad um, financially we may be, God knows exactly what's going on. And he is our only hope. And that's what I don't understand why sometimes I hear Christians say, I just wish I could have some hope. And I'm going, dude, you're you're you got Christ. You told me that you're a Christian, that you have Christ in your heart. That's the only hope you need. The song that we sing, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I've asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart. If Jesus Christ is living in my heart today, that I am flowing, I am pumping the blood of Jesus throughout my heart. And every time it pumps, it is pushing my blood in with God's blood. And that little juice of hope is swishing around in that heart too. So every time that heart beats, Every time that heart pumps, my blood, Jesus' blood, Jesus' hope, it's all pumping together. And it's getting stronger each time it goes through that pump because it's getting mixed together more and more. And there's no way that you can tell me I have no hope in Christ because I have him pumping through me. And that's the way you need to look at it today too. Maybe you feel discouraged today. Maybe you feel um, 
a little bit lost today. Um, I tell you what, I am available here almost 24 hours a day. So I want to give out my number again. My number is 770-880-9255. My name is Bruce Winters, and I am uh, owner of Battle Cry Podcast, and uh, I would love to talk to you. I've also got an email address. It is bwinters at hbcacworth.org. Winters at hbcacworth.org. I would love to hear from you. Maybe you'd like to call into the show one afternoon and share with us your heart. Maybe you would just like to ask a question about some scripture that you're, you've got some questions about. Maybe we'll be able to, to help you answer some. Can't promise you, but I'll give you my best shot. I'll give you the best opportunity I can. I'd love to talk to someone someday, so if you'd like to call me, you're welcome to call me always. But for now, we're going to go sign off for the podcast for now. And I trust that y'all have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Uh, we will have a podcast show at 10 o'clock in the morning, and we will be interviewing Caleb. So, uh, Hopefully you will be joining us at 10 o'clock a.m. tomorrow morning. This is Georgia time, the best time in the world. Amen. <laughs> God bless you very much. Have a good blessings today. Bye-bye.